Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Austin Walker. I'm coming to you live from the Brick House. It is January 9th. That adds up. I think that adds up. People in this room are nodding at me. Do we have to do math to figure that part out? Okay, it was the 6th on Friday, plus three, it's 9. January 9th, joining me, Patrick Klepek, on this beautiful January 9th. It snowed a lot. Did it? Oh, really? What, is it, what does yeah. a lot mean? No, it didn't snow a lot. It snowed enough to, like, ruin the lives of people I care about. That's, wait, that's, that's apocalyptic tones. <laughs> well, just, like, in that it, like, canceled flights and stuff. Our, our, our friend, our co-worker, uh-huh. Danica, was supposed to go home this week. And uh, if you saw on her Twitter account, it has just been – it has been apocalyptic. She, well, she was, was trying to go to West Coast, like, right, which had um, yes. equally apocalyptic rainstorms, weirdly enough. Right. So it was like East Coast, West Coast beef situation. And so <laughs> so we got storms. You got storms. Yeah, blizzards. Yeah, exactly. Storms all over. So it was one of those situations where it was just, it was just bad. It was just not good. Uh, and so – that's my week has been watching people on the internet be like, man, this weather is not good. The wildest thing for me is like it was freezing today. And not freezing again. You're in Chicago, so I know it's worse there. Exactly. But it was like it was like 15 degrees this morning or something, which isn't like that cold, but it's pretty cold when it was just 40 the other day. And then Thursday, it's supposed to be 61 degrees, which is what? like whiplash shit. And like that's not cool weather. Like pick a direction. Just commit. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not a big fan of the. Uh, I mean, I am like I'm a fan of it in the moment of like the the random like 40, 50, 60 degree day. It's mm-hmm. like I can, like go for a run outside or something. My dog is not miserable when it needs to go right. to the bathroom. Like, there's a lot of great things that happen, but then it's like absolutely the, two days later when it's like six degrees out and it's beginning to snow again. It's, no, I'd rather just kept stayed miserable, like learn to coexist with my my awful nature and and be upset about it, rather than like getting my spirits up and believing that there might be hope for my future. That tomorrow would be better. Yeah, right. tomorrow yeah. is not be, going to be a better be. day. It's, it's gonna equally be bad. It's gonna be. Right. It's going to still be January. This is the thing I thought about recently. Was like, you know how we think about? Okay, so, hmm. So yeah, you know, like it gets to be the 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 first day. Of winter mm-hmm. is the longest night, right? Like that is the day, that is the point at which the sun sets the earliest. That's correct. Am I wrong about that? I believe that's correct. I'm willing to let you believe it. And so, in my head, as a kid growing up, I always convinced myself of this narrative that was like, "Oh well, today it's pretty dark. It's the darkest it's going to get all year." Yeah. That means tomorrow, like, things are going to start getting – we're going to start pushing back the other direction. Like, we're going – it's all, like, downhill or uphill, like, good. But it's all good from here, like, depending on how you want to read that metaphor. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've realized since then is that is not true. That's false because 
it's not like it's not like the next day is like warmer and then that's like good. Like if the sun is out a little bit longer, like that's it's good that it's a little <laughs> bit longer. But it's also another day in a row of the sun basically not existing, and so like every day is still worse for a while. You get like another month or two, and that's how that's how the climate and the seasons work, Patrick. I figured oh. it out. I'm 31 years old. I finally put two and two together and understand now that things don't actually get better immediately after the sun has been gone for a long time. It takes another couple of weeks. Realizations here on Waypoint Radio. Yeah, man, 2017, it's a year we're going to be introspective. We're going we're gonna to have to learn, have yeah. to listen, and mm-hmm. we're also going to understand the weather better. <laughs> One thing at a time. You know, I, I see that was that's your version of the Meryl Streep speech from last night. Yeah, exactly. Learn, learn the weather, listen, listen, and understand the weather better. And fuck Trump, like something like that, like, okay, like some some, some weird order of those. Combination of those things. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Oh, uh, well, I mean, weekend was fine, um, except I started noticing around Sunday afternoon that my my I normally uh, bubbly faced daughter was with like less bubbles, more bad faces. And uh-huh. uh, we started to suspect that uh, in the first six months of uh, having a kid in daycare, uh, if it happens uh, early like it's happening for us, which is, you know, my wife took uh, two months off and then went back to work. Um, uh, some kids experience it when they go to preschool, you know, a couple years into life, depending on how things work out. Uh, there's this essentially what our doctor described as a six-month hell period, which is, okay. l- look, like your kid has no immune system. He needs right. He or she needs to develop that. So it's just going to be this, and you can't. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you can't see what I'm going to do with my hands. But it's an up or down motion, which is basically you get it's brief a wave. He's doing a yeah, wave. you get brief po- moments where you're not sick, and then lots of moments where you are sick. And so, but it's a good thing, right? Because that it is like, like that's on how paper. they build, right? Like like ten years from now, I'll look back like I'm glad you got sick early instead of when you're like you know several years old and can run around and you did it in preschool. Like it's we're in the right position, but it it's it's like the slow realization that like you're getting sick. And then yeah. I'm going to get sick, and then my wife's going to get sick, and and now that she would not sleep, so we didn't sleep last night. And then cool. I thought, good. you know, well, at least the one good thing I did this weekend was put up uh, a dry erase board in my office. Like I'm gonna start writing down like the stories I'm working on this week. Just like uh, cool, like I like things that are physical. I like writing things down in a notebook. And I walk in, and the dry erase board fell off, and it cracked. And I don't know why it did that. Good. I thought I mounted it correctly, but I it, th- mm, it's all going wrong. Does did this? Does this have to do with the circuit hole? Is this the hole in the power? Did this, no, that's the other side it, of the room. This is just okay. I'm you're not sure? Good at, I'm not good at mounting things. That sounds. Hmm. Was there anything like ominous written on the whiteboard when it like fell or like behind it? Was there like <laughs> it said I wrote waypoint? That's the only thing oh, I wrote no. on it. <laughs> It's like a, is I that ominous? Like an, eh, mm. <laughs> it's something. It's 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 something. Uh, I want this to be like an Amityville horror situation where it's just like you've moved into a really weird haunted house. Just, Hopefully, yeah, less it still, blood. It still says waypoint. I was gonna. I was looking to see if maybe some sort of creepy ch- child ghost says, wrote something else on it. It still says waypoint. Okay, Which maybe that's the disturbing part is that the ghost that knocked it down said, no, nah, that's fine. You're good with that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of being sick, sadly, Danielle Riendo, our, our third co-host, is not here today because she is also sick. The winter has taken her from us. She's sick of the winter. Today. She's not actually She's sick. sick. She just said, I'm sick of winter. I'm not coming in. I'm done. I'm fucking around with this <laughs> snow bullshit. It's, a, it's, it's, it's tough to be a person in it is, the sometimes. world. Sometimes. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's, 
Well, that's my message for you today. It's, it's tough being a person sometimes. <laughs> like the winter doesn't make that slack. easier. Cut yourself some slack. Take a day. You know, I, listen, I took I took last week off. I'm re- I'm recuperated. I'm rejuvenated. Good. You know what I played this weekend? What? The Witcher. I'm keeping up. With I saw. My oh, oh it's, it's Witcher Mondays. We've already Witcher changed Mondays. the feature. I thought it was Witcher Witcher Weekly. It was a Witcher, Witcher Wednesdays. Walkers Witcher Wednesdays Weekly. Witcher Wednesdays Weekly now on Mondays. Now on Mondays. Yeah, well, Monday's a new Wednesday. Uh, yeah, so I played. I played some of the Witcher. There's there's video evidence of that on my Twitter account. I saw. I saw. I, you saw some kids having a fun time. They were sliding around without any animations, which I think <laughs> means that they are cursed, or at least a curse ed. Uh, what else? I, I met a cool troll who was protecting some boats. He oh, like a good the dude. one. The one where you have to uh, get him paint. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's the one last of the best quests in the game. Like, he was like, oh, you should go give me some paint. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This is my favorite thing about – so I'm going to spoil this little – this setup for this quest is like you meet this troll who's singing in the in like the marshes outside of this little city and he's like uh, he's like a nice dude. Like he, he, he presents as like the sort of dude who – what would have killed some people but also is a nice dude and kind of tells you that – He can be both. He, it's 2017. Can be both. You can be many things. You can <laughs> – exactly. You can have this. You can have a. You can have a heterogeneous world. <laughs> you can have a big heart, and also have used that heart to maybe crush people with your with your stone like right, structure. With, exactly. You can have a, you can have a big heart and a big stomach filled with people. <laughs> um, and he basically like, oh yeah, he was trying to basically be friends to all these people and the hurting them. And then there's this bit where he's like. Wait, what happened to the bodies? You know, and the troll is like, "Oh well, I got really hungry." And one of the responses, <laughs> either girl, it's like either like, "Well, that's dangerous," or like, "Eh." And I think they're like, "Eh," like you're a troll, like, "Eh." And Geralt's exact line was like, "Eh, yeah, you know, war times." Like, yeah, good, <laughs> wartime law, I guess. Um, that game is is is. I still there's still things about it that are like make it hard to jump back into, but yes. I'm doing my best to like slowly ease my way back in through side quests. I, I did stumble into a main quest again by mistake. I'm just like, oh, there's, this looks like a place I could go inside of. And I stepped inside of it, and I, it, was a, it was the next main quest, which was like starting to look for dand- Dandelion right. and Novigrad and, and meeting uh, the, the little the, – God, you were so dude? early in that video game. <laughs> I know. But I'm like 35 hours in also. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. yes, I'm very early. But also it feels like I've already dumped a ton of time into it. What, so. what I love about uh, what CD Projekt Red does, and it's not a new observation, though is that 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 side quest in, in terms of what you actually do is just a short fetch quest mm-hmm. like you just collect some paint for this dude and then he can paint these boats so that he can try and get these humans to forgive him for beating right. them and beating right. them to death but they find a way to package like it's the way they package things in that game that are like yeah. all the many things that are incredible at the witcher 3 but it's like they they didn't have to write some like funny dialogue and give characterization to this troll. It could have just been like it could have been something very easy. It could have just been else. the humans saying we need the red paint to paint our things red. So you know, like yeah, go get the paint. They wrote right. They they wrote this character who is really funny and charming and who will be gone in twenty minutes of me doing this quest. Well, and or it impl- it also like what it does is it implies so much about the world and like the people yeah. around. Like the, that small side quest gives you like it does world building at. at in the in the uh, context of a cheap uh, like fetch quest, but like right, it, so right. it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel cheap in the way a lot of other side quests do, which are just like nakedly, you know, like hey, we're filler, and then you've do- and then you've done it, and you're like, oh crap, I fell for it again. The thing that's tough there is like that is 
on one hand, I think that that is – I have like a lot of thoughts. I'm trying to, trying to unwrap them right now. Mm-hmm, I'm trying please. to un- untangle them and, and like lay them out in an outline format. So I totally agree with you from the jump. Like, oh, yeah, this is an opportunity to talk about trolls and talk about the conflict between the peasants and the Redanians. Like all that stuff is happening there, which is awesome. But also I've seen this fall on its – this style of like world building fall on its face a lot, right? Sure. Like where a game will try to use a simple quest – as a means of world building or characterization and in fact I wanted to get out of my way and like because the writing isn't that good or the performance isn't that good. Right. And it's like really hard to know that. Like as someone who writes stuff and who works in fiction, it can be tough to know when you're not good or like when you're when this specific line of of uh, kind of creativity is like not paying off from the inside, right? So it's one of those things where like even as like a tabletop person, like a DM I can give a quest to my my party and be like, oh, like weeks later, like, I set that up really poorly. Like I just wasted all their time for 45 minutes. I think right. like, if I'm playing a game like Borderlands or something like that, sometimes that's how it feels where it's like, all right, do you want me to kill 12 like skag dogs or whatever those things are called in that game? Just like I don't need the thesis. I don't. I don't need to know about like your shitty club or whatever right. because it's just not that interesting. And it's – I guess my, my question to you is like – what's the sign that it's working or like what's the what's kind of vibe on this with me? Just come, come and vibe on this with well, me. Well, I think also we run the risk of uh, – and I run this risk too of like pointing to The Witcher 3 and be like, more, you should just do more of that, which is to say like right. CD Projekt Red is like you know a top-class talent doing something that even if another studio came in and emulated – <clears throat> exactly yeah. what they're doing doesn't mean they would pull it off right like so that's that side quest like what i described worked about that just because you take that template doesn't mean you're going to do it which is exactly what you're saying uh is that the execution is everything there and i don't know like it's a world i care about and i say this as someone that like loathes fantasy like could yeah. not care less about fantasy worlds and so like the witcher is already starting at like a place where i'm rolling my eyes but i buy in to their world in a way that I want to know more about it. Like, I don't want to go full Vinny Caravella and go read the books, but like, I'm right. pretty close. Like, I, I, they've dragged me like pretty far the way there. We got a story going up on the site today or tomorrow that I think Danielle's in edits for this second that's about uh, one of the short stories in that world, and it's making me want to, like, hmm, I might just quickly sneak a, a short story about The Witcher. And I, yeah, maybe I could. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, the, the other thing here, though, is the other game that I'm thinking about jumping back into a little bit is Elite Dangerous, which is mm. a game that I don't want to say it doesn't have world building because like we spent last Friday talking about this like cool thing that it did with the Thargoid alien species like and how that was great world building. Right. But it is a game that is built to get out of your well, not to get out of your way. To it has flavor and color in place of in place of like quest text, right? Like it it uses like the dynamic systems to produce an effect that like you understand that the world is is complicated and, and is interacting that like oh there are these people who are trying to smuggle drugs off of this planet and and because of that the empires are clashing in this interesting way over the rights of you know drug use versus whatever like that stuff is all happening in the game driven by systems and interpreted by the game's like writing team um but there, when you go to pick up that, that delivery of narcotics on, you know, Prime Alpha 27, like, it doesn't give you this huge, long screed about that stuff. Right. It just, like, drops in. And that's a different sort of play that I also really am fond of. I'm just like, hey, let me just chill the fuck out and play this game. Or, like, that's like the, the Euro Truck Simulator thing, too, right? Let me just turn on some music and play. And I'm curious, like, I guess The Witcher also does have that in some regard, 
that like that sort of like okay I'm not going to engage with or I'm going to play a quest where there isn't a huge amount of dialogue it's just I'm going to go get this Witcher gear for the next 30 minutes uh, and that works really well I got some Witcher gear also I got yeah. the Griffin set I got I the think I, set. I think I wore nice. I think I wore the Griffin gear for like most of that game <laughs> uh, yeah I wish it looked better but ah eh, I'll live with it I'll live with it have you been up to anything on on your end besides sick Sick baby. No, I mean, unfortunately, the, the the game that I've been playing a lot of, which is the game you've been playing a lot of, playing a lot of Gravity Rush Two, but I we can't talk about uh, Gravity Rush Two. Uh, I, I will say that I think we'll have a lot of things to talk about with Gravity Rush Two, which will be fun. <laughs> There's stuff that we're going to talk about with Gravity Rush Two that I'm that I'm totally surprised we'll be talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, looking forward to being able to to, to speak uh, to more of that uh, later this week. I'm going to be uh, sort of revisiting the remaster of Gravity Rush, uh, which I, I played Gravity Rush on the Vita back when uh, I had a Vita. I mean, I still have a Vita, but like it feels like I don't because I don't know the last time that I've touched it. And uh, you wanted something substantial to play, and I remember really loving Gravity Rush. Like not weirdly, I think we came at it on uh, polar opposite ends when like. We found yes. out we were getting Gravity Rush 2 uh, codes in to play. And I was like, oh, man, like, I really liked that first game. And you were like, yeah, the world is incredible. And I was like, fuck the world. I just like floating around in that game. And you were I like, I like floating around too, but that <laughs> world was actually really cool. Like, I liked it. I like, here's what I like about that, that game's world, the first game's world. I'm not going to talk about Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. This is not. There, that embargo is not up for another day. Is that correct? I don't know. I think? I, even if it's today, I don't, I don't know. So let's just let's say not. So. The the world of Gravity Rush in the game Gravity Rush, a.k.a. Gravity Days, D-A-Z-E, which is a good name. Yes. Because it also sounds like days, like the amount of days that you would spend, like, is that it takes a really ridiculous premise and then, like, runs with it all yeah. the way to be, like, to where even the appearance of people who can shift time and gravity aren't that big of a deal. And at first I hated this about the Gravity Rush world where, like, why aren't more people obsessed with the fact that I can float everywhere? Like, why is everyone <laughs> no-selling me? Like, that game, Gravity Rush 1 opens up with you saving this kid from being, like, sucked into a, a gravity storm and taken away from his family. And then, like, their house gets fucked up in the process. And then the dad is, like, losing his shit on you because you didn't save the house. You only saved the kid. <laughs> it's like, my dude, I just floated in the sky and saved your kid from an evil, like, dark hand of, of hell. Just give me, like, cut me some slack here. And also, but wasn't that like, cool? Like, that was pretty dope. That like, was look pretty what I cool. did. Yeah. Have you uh, seen that before? And the answer is, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the gravity is fucked up. My house floats all the time. I'm on a. And that, that is, like, a really fun thing that, like, because the whole world is so fucked up. Like, yes, people are thankful when you save them sometimes, but mostly, like, that's just a thing that happens. Like, that's just a fact about the world, the way that, like, driving is a fact about our world. So, like, yeah, we, yeah, there are roads. Like, it's, I'm really happy that you were a good ambulance driver, ambulance driver, <laughs> but, like, you're just in a, you're in a, yes, yes, people have cars. Like, I'm going to thank you for saving my life, but not because you floated around or whatever <laughs> bullshit. And I, I love that that is, like, they take that premise all the way there. You weren't just... It's not just you. The whole world is like that. So I'm I'm excited to talk to you more about Gravity Rush in the yeah. future. Project. Yeah. So supposedly someone in the chat says to the embargo is tomorrow. But we'll probably wait a little longer because the game we'll doesn't actually come out till next week, uh, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, was trying, I don't know. Like, over my – because I missed the first I, – I wrote down the other game. I played a ton of games during the week that we had off. I'm trying to think if there's anything notable. Well, mm. something came out that we wrote about and then and then never got to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
We Frog Factions Two. Is Frog real. Factions Two came out. It's real. Um, it's which out. we, which we, uh, at some point, uh, we were we were approached uh, um, to to learn the secrets of Frog Factions Two to sort of know how the uh, the ARG was uh, was going to end. Which I actually like pushed off. Like I kept telling <laughs> yeah. Jim Crawford, the designer, I was like, Nah, not yet. He's like, well, we should do an interview because, like, I don't know when this is all going to end, and you should probably, you know, if you want to get a story together. I was like, ah, yeah, just like another two weeks. So I kept like pushing him off, and then finally, I kind of felt like we turned a corner in the ARG, and I was like, all right, then, because I, I liked, I, I, you know, as much as it is fun to know things, like I, as I put in my top ten list for uh, my favorite uh, games of 2016, like the mm-hmm. ARG was one of them, um, and I was only like a minor participatory role in that, and, and in some ways. I w- consent was not given in me becoming a participant in that ARG, <laughs> but uh, but like covering it, like it became like a game for me. Uh, e- even if I was only just a reporter who was like broadening it out for a larger audience of like what's happening and what's interesting about it. Um, and so that ultimately led to yeah, an actual game, Frog Factions Two. Well, I guess Glitter Mitten Grove, and then yeah, down, which is funny because when we got access to the game, uh, we didn't ask or I didn't ask because I. I could have like it was like well because Glitterman Grove is a uh, it's a what a base building game or not base, base building game um, they call it sort it of click? a base building game uh, like a like a yeah base building game is you play like a city builder or like a yeah I played a bunch of I played a bunch of Glitterman Grove just like as a thing by itself it's so totally you, you, fu- it's it's a, like that's the thing like it's not a jokey it is it's not a jokey uh, game that it's that Frog Crash is wrapped in it's just a legit game you yeah, can just you, play like this for building, hours. A fairy village in the woods, and I actually think that there, I, I, you know, it's not balanced to be good. It's balanced to let you quickly access uh, Frog Fractions Two once you know where to look for it, right. or whatever you want to call that thing. Um, but I think that there are some really cool mechanics in Glitter Glittermitten Grove. Like it's it, you're you're building all these like fairy houses in the woods. And, like, you have to attach them and all of the other buildings you're building to a tree. And, like, you have to be careful of a trees overgrowing and, like, blocking out the sun, which doesn't – which means that they won't be able to grow fast enough. It's, like, yeah, way it's, more it's complex smart. than it has any right to be, you know? <laughs> and from what I understand, like, the, the reason that uh, game even exists is because one of uh, Jim Crawford's friends always wanted to build that game. And so right. Frog Fractions 2 was his excuse to give him a budget to actually make it, which is just, like, a super cool aside. Which is that's like a, a cool thing. So then, like we're not going to go through like a run by like a, a play by play of of Frog Fractions two, right? But like then you get into the meat of that game. And and for people who didn't play the first Frog Fractions, um, you know, Frog Fractions one was a, a Flash game. I believe it was Flash, not HTML five. I'm pretty sure it was Flash, in which it, it dressed itself up like a learning game, like an old school number muncher style thing, yep. and then very quickly descended or ascended depending on your perspective <laughs> uh, to a, a state of, of of surrealist comedy where it was playing with gender or not gender huh, playing with mm. genre I don't think it did any I don't think it played with gender at I don't all. think no, so either I'm trying to run through all the different <laughs> mini games I played with genre and it played with like like expectations and was just really fucking fun and it was very it was rapid fire like it like yes. no jokes yes. stuck around like you you almost weren't able to process whether a joke was funny because it had moved on to the next one so fast and like that's right, part of the like machine gun style yeah like as part of its advantage was just like it just went boom 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 and uh, that's what you know part of what made it uh, so so interesting Totally. And so this moves at a much different pace. Like, I, I think we can talk broadly about this game without yeah. 
specifically talking about what the mini games are. You know, so in your interview with Jim, which went up in the middle of our Waypoint High stuff at the end of the year, because we were like, didn't know what the time was. Yeah, I was like, I was like going to like a like a like a holiday party, and like I'm in the car, like telling my wife, like, hey, you need to drive because I have to edit this Frog Frog Max uh-huh. two article that I've been sitting on for two months. Well, I was deaf. We were like waiting for the story to break to hit publish on that thing because like we didn't want to. We don't want to break it with this interview. Like it needs to. Br- you and I had conversations which were just like, all right, how do we know when we can hit publish on this? Because we're not just going to ask Jim to be like, yeah, do it. But we need to know that it's like, yeah. So I yeah I had like a like to pull back the curtain like you know Jim Crawford the designer on on both these games. He was like, hey, you know, I don't quite know. He's like, I want. I would put an embargo on this if, like, an embargo made sense for a game right. that is being organically discovered <laughs> as part of like yep. a two-year-long ARG. And so, you know, what I told him was like, okay, well, being discovered is not like a guy on Reddit saying I found it or a guy in a Discord chat that's been. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm obsessing right. over Frog Fractions 2 for two years, finding it. Like, there'll probably just be some moment that it'll make sense. And, like, that moment was Kotaku separately d- publishing an article that was unrelated to a, sort of a backstory. And that was sort of like, okay, like, that scene, you know, pinged Jim and was like, this seems like that's like, this Kotaku is it. published this is it, it, right? Like, we're good. And then, then the article uh, went up. So the game itself, the thing to, like, know about it separately, and, and this is the thing that you get to in this interview, is, like, hey, it's long in a way that Frog Corrections wasn't. And Jim notes, like, that is going to be the thing that he thinks is partially going to be what separates it from the first one in terms of people liking it. That a lot of people who liked Frog Corrections 1 just aren't going to be so fond of Frog Corrections 2. Uh, do you think that, that held up in, in your experience? Well, I think it was actually less the length as much as the actual, like, wrapping of, mm, of the game. Sure. So so I think Jim's fear uh, – or not fear, but, like, observation was that, uh, like, he specifically pointed to the Frog Fractions 2 requires, like, puzzle solving and s- some semblance of skill – um, like it's not a high skill right. curve, but like it's it's more of a gamey game than than Frog Fractions uh, Which was. Which is just like a series of jo- of interactive jokes. Yeah, a series of like very basic jokes. Like once you got pat, like once you figured out like the trick to start Frog Fractions, the original, which is probably the hardest puzzle in that game, like you could pretty much get through the rest uh, by just kind of stumbling through it. Whereas Frog Fractions 2, like some of the mini games are uh, just sort of like funny jokes that don't require mm-hmm. you to do a whole lot, but like. The overworld, like there is an over an open world in this game, um, there is. like is like pretty complex and forces you to really think about what's happening. And it didn't work at all for me, and it forced me to like completely bounce off Frog Fractions too in a way that <laughs> I became the person that Jim said there's going to be a lot of people that loved the first one that aren't going to be able to get into this one, right. and. I was I was totally one of those people where like the mini games yeah. I adore like I just I, I think I think they're great they're funny somehow he makes you know 
a flappy bird, flappy bird joke, like funny in 20, 2016. I, like that should have been possible. Really fucking good. There's a lot of there's a lot of jokes that are like this shouldn't work, but actually this is really fucking good. Um, there's a Dante's Inferno thing that is so choice. That's like a hidden joke inside of the the obvious joke. Yeah, I was gonna say. There's a point at which you're going to see, like, a EULA screen, like a licensing thing. Just make sure you scroll all the way down, please. It's my, <laughs> my one little mini micro, tiny, you know, nano spoiler. Please scroll down. Um, the, the, I think I like the overworld a little bit more um, because I'm interested in the sort of games that, that it is drawing inspiration from. It's, it's drawing inspiration from games like ZZT. Um, and which I don't like, think, to be honest, did not know what ZZT was. And so I think a lot right. of the reason I bounced off of... Far Fractions 2 is like I don't have the nostalgic connection to ZZT and so the things that are like frustrating about it are probably nostalgic to people that have a connection to ZZT whereas I just go no (laughs) like this isn't fun the thing that's interesting for me is just like oh the the thing with the overworld in Far Fractions 2 in Glittermitten Grove is that it is a reminder that the sort of weirdness of Frog Fractions is not just um, a surreal turn on old games. It's actually following in a line of games that were outsider art, in a sense. They're from an age where that sort of of genre bending and that sort of like, hey, now it's an adventure game, now it's an action game, now it's this, existed in this period of time. And like, it isn't just like, ha, 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 I'm taking these things and mashing them together in weird ways. It's almost a return to form in a way of just like, oh, right, we used to take these very basic tools and make them do a bunch of different things in close proximity to each other before we had the genre divisions that we have now. Right. And that part is like really refer- reverential in a way that you don't normally see that sort of reverence next to comedy um, inside of games especially. And so like that was really fucking cool. Like I-, I think that that is smart but also totally get why you don't like it. There's a thing with a sword that is just like a fucking pain in the ass. Well, and- yeah. I mean there was a – like you know, I, this game on the PC so like yes. I was using a mouse and keyboard and as it turns out you really shouldn't do that and you should use a gamepad as use a controller quickly told us like the uh and that's that's part of the reason i bounced off it was like controlling the sword made me want to jump out a window uh but uh yeah it's i I, but i'm i I respect what it is because like it's one of those games where like i see what it's doing and i'm i I know it's doing it very well it's just Mm -hmm. that its reference points make me want to just play the mini games because my, my understanding is like it doesn't really have like there is some semblance of a through line, like like a like a like a, a payoff to 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 all yeah. this, but all but not one that is necessarily uh, like if you were to remove that, wouldn't you probably still get ninety five percent of the enjoyment of just playing the the mini games? Yeah, I maybe not ninety five percent. There's there is a progression that I really like about the overworld. There are points in it in which you get tools that help you navigate it more smoothly and that felt that was like some of the high points for me and then it concludes with an overworld puzzle that i think is really fucking good that i think you would like a lot right but is or maybe you wouldn't like it but it, it <laughs> there's a there's an overworld puzzle that puts it in the same category of the style of game that something like fez or the witness is Oh, interesting. In terms of, like, being given tools and then learning how to use those tools. Right. And then there's just also moments of, like, hilarity and and chaos and stuff like that throughout the game in that overworld portion that aren't storytelling. And I I think I'm with you that I wish – like, I can tell you what the story of Frog Fractions 1 is, 
it's like which is ridiculous but like i can tell you like oh yeah you were this frog and at the end it's like you're the president of bug mars and like <laughs> yeah like there's an arc glitterman doesn't really have that as far as i've uncovered but like and i wish it did i wish there was a little bit more of that and i almost wish that there were bits of the arg in glitterman grove in frog reactions too because you say that, that as someone that followed the arg though and i think yeah, of he course, made the right of course i think he made the right choice by not Me doing too. that me too, but I. But it also feels like it's a little bit of a shame to have not figured out how to condense the big picture stuff there into a ra- into the wrapper, where like there is the resistance, there is the you know the decay. Like those are all really potent, like I, I fictional ideas, as absurd and and hilarious and weird as they were. That like to not have any of that wrapper there feels. Like, I get it. You're right. Like, you don't want to have to make a game that sends somebody to – they need to go to a, a huge, you know, 7,000-word-long wiki entry to make sense of. Um, but at the same time, like, The Witcher exists and references, you know, all this short fiction, all this long-form fiction that I've never read and still like, oh, yeah, here. But basically, he's a guy. He's a witcher. He goes and does this thing. And I think yeah. there was stuff in the ARG that was like – but again, the ARG was also kind of put together. It was developed it, well. One, it was developed independently, yes. like l- largely outside of Jim Crawford's uh, control. Like he basically just found smart people he trusted and said, "Go do a cool thing." Uh, and so, and the game was developed separately from that. So, like, I, I just there, I don't think there even existed a world where he could have accomplished those things. Totally. Um, and also, like, it's funny because even though I bounced off Frog Fractions two and don't particularly care for it, even I respect it, I'm glad that what. Jim Crawford made was something that I could bounce off of as opposed yeah. to just frog like frog fractions 2.0 which was just like another rapid fire joke fest that <laughs> yeah. like took the same exact uh took the formula of frog fractions and just did it again but then you get that feeling of like oh right it's a comedy sequel and it's you know like just all the trap all the problems of like following up comedy which is the reason like you don't usually do it. Um, I'm glad he made something fundamentally different, if similar, yes. but differently enough that he was willing to lose people in the process. Like, I'm going to respect a designer that is, like, much more – that is willing to say, I'm going to lose some people, but the people that get this are going to really get it, which is was essentially the core of Frog Fractions as well. It had a wider, broader appeal that allowed it to both go viral and just, like, a regular person could get into it even without picking up a lot of the – uh, the references, but I, I totally respect the approach of Frog Factions too, which is like, eh, like I'm gonna make the thing I want to make, and if you don't want to come along for the ride, like it's cool, and like I just realized like that's just me, and that's fine. Right. The um the thing that's interesting there too is just like the Kickstarter for this game was basically, hey, trust me, I'm gonna make a thing that I really want to make, and if you like Frog Fractions, like maybe you'll like it too. Maybe yeah. you won't. Like. Just hey, just give me some cash and we'll see what we can do. Um, and then the other thing there, the other story there is also just like, and this is something else that you got into in your in your piece is like that that Kickstarter money only went so far, and that's why this is a game published by Adult Swim, um, <laughs> which is maybe the one biggest giveaway of what the game is. Is like, oh right, it's it's it looks like it's just like a city builder, like a like again like a building sim uh, about fairies, and then also happens to have Sean Baptiste's name from Adult Swim, and it says Adult Swim Publishing there. Like, yeah, mm, okay, there might be something here. There might be something. There might be something here. Yeah, so. and uh, Adult Swim is smart. They would 
uh, try and go into business with Jim Crawford mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as possible. I would love if they – I don't know what Jim's going to do after this. Uh, or maybe he'll need a break for a while. I guess it depends on how – like weirdly enough, like I, I don't – like Frog Fractions 2 is a game that actually needs to sell um, in, a, in a way. And I, I don't know. We'll see how that all turns out. But um, I, I would love it if Adult Swim was just like – Working with Jim and allowing him because I don't know if he Me can too. do I don't know if he can do a secret thing a third time that's probably pretty tough to pull off. Um, I'd like to see him try, I guess, but uh, I'm curious what Jim Crawford does after after this. Me too. We'll see. We'll see what what happens next. I think it is time to go to the old question bucket. If you mm. have a question, you can send. I've gaming. got questions. Advice.com, gamingadvice.com. You use question or questions in the subject header. You can have other things in there also, but it's like question should be first so that it is picked up by my filter and put into the bucket that says podcast question bucket instead of just into the general muck Which of is all 50, the other emails. 50 plus pages, right? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I actually got it. So I actually spent a lot of time on my emails. I have my vice emails down to like two to 300. That's good. You were in the thousands there. before, right? I was. It well, no, my overall is still like six thousand when I look at all of my emails. But just just Vice is like two or three hundred. It was like seven or eight hundred or something. I have like so. I have I have seven <laughs> total. Seven total. I'm a I'm a I'm a I don't do inbox zero, but I get really close. It's part of my I daily used to routine. Be, I I used to be inbox zero, and I miss it like desperately. Just. I have a lot of Just folders. Desperately, a lot of folders. So it's like not really zero because it's like you know I'm I'm, uh, doing, I'm 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 working on like what you know between five and seven stories at any given time. Sure. So sure. I just get that stuff doesn't go in my inbox. That just goes in a different folder. So it's like inbox zero. Anyway, inbox tricks. So, all right, here we go. Okay. Hey, my name is Berkay Devaklu from Rua Label Limited, Istanbul, Turkey. We Whoa. are printed and woven labels for clothing, apparel, garment, and texture manufacturer yep. and seller in Turkey. And we want to work with you about this matter. How can we sell our products to your company? Do you have any production work or any producer or manufacturer in Turkey? I don't think we do. So I'm going to go to the next email here. Let's top of the bucket, right? I have to take <laughs> just, So wait, that's in the bucket? You just copied and pasted that into the bucket? Like you didn't look at it no, you just pasted I, it? No, no, no. No, I just – listen, on Mondays, I just go right to the source. I don't ever put oh, it in the bucket. Oh, this is in the it's email. It's like okay, – this is right. from the faucet. I turn on the faucet <laughs> the email is coming at me. All right. Let's – Let's try this one again. Let's, All right. Okay. Next up here, this one, I hope it's real. This is from Cameron in Toronto who says, hey, hey, hi, hi. Uh, you guys have a platform and a variety of perspectives that often place you above the average player of games as far as your audience is concerned. Mm. I don't think we're above, but I, I understand what you're saying, Cameron. It's easy to forget that y'all are also regular-ass people who have to deal with regular-ass problems with regards to talking about games just on a bigger scale than on message boards. One of the big problems with talking about games in any context is talking about games you enjoy and how that summons the, um, actually, say that 12 is your favorite Final Fantasy or that Knights of the Old Republic 2 is your favorite Star Wars game and in come the, um, actually brigade to tell you why your favorite thing is bad (laughs) and you are also bad. And of course they're wrong and, and you are so, so right, but the negativity is tiring. My question is, since you guys reach so many people and hear from so many in turn, how do you deal with players trying to deflate your enthusiasm? Are you able to ignore these people, or does it weigh on you? Does having a wider platform affect the way you relate to the experiences you feel passionately about? Past that, thank you for all the good podcasting, uh, listening to Danielle, Austin, Patrick, Danica, and whoever else has been added to the regular rotation since I sent in this email. My day <laughs> uh, makes my day better every single time a new episode is put out. All of you are doing good work, and I'm happier for it. Thank you so much, Cameron. That means a lot. Yeah, Patrick, I'm sure you face this a lot. 
Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if I broaden that out a little bit to, to, you know, like from just Final Fantasy or anything like that, like or sharing an opinion and then getting something contrary. um, I think the thing I struggle with the most is like, you know, whatever. I got a hundred and, you know, something thousand followers on Twitter, like I'm sure half of which are robots. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah. I, you know, I came from nothing too, right? Like I, you know, didn't have a following. I was just a writer on the internet and just things snowballed in a way that they shouldn't have, but somehow I'm here. Um, but like, I've always tried yep. to remember those, those roots. Like I like connecting with people. Like I like talking with individuals. It's part of why I like my job is like talking to, you know, players that are doing extraordinary things or design, you know, like all of that is like rooted in like, like I, I like to remember and, and like talking to people. And so like, I don't, my mentions can turn into a real, you know, shitstorm. Um, um, yep. No matter what you're talking about, you know, whether it's politics or anything. Like, it's just the sheer number of people makes it sometimes hard to keep up with. Um, but I like connecting with those people because, like, that's, like, what I got into this in the first place. And also those people, like, <laughs> that storm of people are, like, the reason I get to do what I do. Like, a, you know, I, I am not ignorant of the fact that, like, a following means, like, I get better considered for jobs and stuff like that because people think, oh, he's he's doing a good job. People seem to be following him. But it is so easy then to get – despite the fact that I've done this for as long as I have, that I've tried to get used to the idea of like being you know, some quasi-celebrity in like a tiny corner of the internet. Um, Like I still get hung up on like that one guy, right? Like that one person, that one Mm -hmm. person like tries to get under your craw and – I've have not found a way to get past that, and so I think that and I think what he's you know what the 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 reader is talking about this, this yes actually like that still bothers me like and I have to still kind of pull myself back sometimes in a way that I know I should be above, but it, it is hard to not nah. You grew up in these spaces, and so you have that ready. Like I don't know, I have that ready for a bunch of reasons. But like growing up, whether it was online or in the schoolyard. Like, like, all right, if you want to have this, we can have this. Like, we can go on why, you know, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl is better than Tecmo Bowl regular. Like, I'll go to the mat with you on that. And I have to remind myself, like, no, actually, that's not – I need to be the bigger person and not get into, a, like, a drag-out fight with everybody. And also, that's just, like, not how I feel anymore that, like, I – Get why people don't like Dark Souls <laughs> 2 as much as me, or KOTOR 2 as much as me, or Metal Gear Solid 2 as much as me, or Mass Effect 3 as much. Like, I understand that I have very unpopular opinions about a, a handful of games, and when someone uses me saying that as an opportunity to say – there's two types of questions that come, right? There's one, one is, I think – maybe misguided but good-hearted, which is, can you explain yeah. to me why you like that? And – there can be value in that conversation because anytime someone thoughtfully explains what their taste is can be an opportunity for connection and for understanding the medium and for uncovering something that you didn't see yourself in the work or even as someone who likes something, being having the opportunity to talk about why I like a thing I like can help me find why sure. I like things generally. Um, so that's useful. But there's also the other type of person who says, like, defend that. Tell me, like, not just, hey, can you explain why you like that? But, like, you know, based on what I know about you, you shouldn't like that thing, right? Like, this is the guy who was at a party with me once when I was in college and was like, you know, based on what everybody likes in the Star Wars movies, everyone should love the prequels. (laughs) Like, everyone just wanted more lightsaber battles. And it's like, "Mm, is that what we wanted? Like, is that really what? Let's start with the premises here. I mean, like, seven-year-old I didn't, like, sign up. Probably. (laughs) Right. Right. Probably. Right. Um, And so... 
you know, I, I, my reactions to these things end up being like one of two things, which is because I run into so many of those latter, I kind of don't engage in the former either anymore. And that's, that sucks. It's yeah. not just like a time thing. But like I don't necessarily love I, – I get a lot of people who just say like, hey, have you written about blank? Have you written about why you like Dark Souls 2? And part of me like wants to never write about why I like Dark Souls 2. Like I never want to have to write the apologia of my taste – I want to use that taste to right. fuel writing other things. Well, yeah, like, like you, you, the reasons you like Dark Souls 2 uh, fuel you to write about games that are, explain why you like Dark Souls 2 as opposed to yes. stepping into right. writing like yes. my defense of Dark Souls 2. Like it's just a hornet's nest. Right. Like it's not – yeah. You already lost. Anytime you set up with like – anytime – like this is my life hot, – hot tip, life lesson. Like the second you frame some shit as a defense, you already lost that conversation because – you have already you've already set up the premises in which you need to be on the defense, right? You've already set the terms of loss for yourself. If you instead, like, and obviously there are times at which you should you should engage in debates in which you aren't sure about the 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 right or wrong of what you say, and and like there are times when loss right. is an acceptable thing in the debate. Obviously, blah blah blah. Um, but when it comes to like, hey, I like this thing, I'm being honest about my my enjoyment of it, and. I don't want that part to come under con- contestion. Like, why set that up as like, oh, right, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm wrong, I didn't like my time with that thing. Like, no, that is not on the table. Instead, like, engage with why you like a thing. And sometimes you like a thing for shitty reasons, and sometimes you like a thing despite it being shitty, and engage with all of that stuff. But the second I'm in a conversation where the two sides are like, oh, I'm right to like it, or I'm wrong to have liked it, or, or I'm wrong and I, in fact, somehow never liked it, like, that's just not a conversation that's productive for anybody. Like, that's just not a good, that's just not good at all. It's why... This is, oh, man, okay, so this is a tangent, um... This is the explanation for Prometheus. Like, like it's like right. there. Are, yes, I find I find myself and I have to tell myself to not get dragged into like, like, like that that movie. And this is like happens for all these different types of arguments that are in games or in others, all sorts of things we like and dislike. It's like people were just fucking mean to that, and I was like, it doesn't deserve it. Like I'm not. It's not the best movie. I don't even. Want, I don't want to be the guy. But you're forcing me to be the guy because you're being right. an asshole. Why you gotta be an asshole? Just let me have an like okay time. Stop talking about how the th- how she was running like straight ahead <laughs> and turned to the side. She doesn't know. There's a big thing coming for her. That's the exactly. thing. That's the thing. Exactly. That's the thing that you're gonna get stuck on. Fuck. God damn. It's fine. Maybe it's, is all right. it's okay. It's pretty it's and it's fine. fine. It's not the worst movie ever made. It's very pretty. Idris Elba <laughs> was on that ship. <laughs> On Christmas. He didn't want to oh, be on that don't. ship on Christmas. Give that guy a break. God damn. The black goo wasn't that good. This. <laughs> no. Yeah. Listen, of course. Of course. It has problems. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it doesn't have problems. A lot of this <laughs> stuff is, uh, you know, the internet, uh, especially when you're talking about like Twitter and message boards, like things are such a. This is crass, a dick measuring contest where it's like people. The only way for people to get attention yes. is to hyperbolize their opinion. And so the way this yeah. is true of, like, people who are trying to get a reaction out of, like, someone like you or I, where they hyperbolize their opinion because the, they think it's the only way to get noticed. And then often when you confront them about that opinion or ask them why they framed it in that way, they will immediately back off because they realize you're actually, you know, the eye of Sauron has shifted to them. Um, and this <laughs> happens in message boards, too. When you, like, when you throw in a bunch of people, uh, anonymous, who are sharing opinions, like, you tend to... 
like people create the reason you're participating in the discussion is hopefully that someone will respond. And so that is naturally going to create a tendency for people to exaggerate their opinions in order to get noticed. Yeah. So they they may have a point to make, but they make that point like a thousand times uh, hyperbolized just in the hopes that someone will agree or disagree with them. And that just continues going like that. You know, it explains a lot of the bad parts of the Internet when uh, you have people sharing opinions. and The only way to get noticed is to to shout louder. And so it's it. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, well, we could keep going on this, but again, we have this. Stay this tuned room for our Alien Covenant this discuss, exact spoiler second. cast discussion later this year. Oh, fuck, we should. I mean, we sh- <laughs> I should. Think we do should. That, I think there needs to be a one-off podcast where we talk about Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and we should get this out in the open. And then at the end, we'll talk about Dark Souls Two. <laughs> we'll just sneak yeah, it all out. All right of our in, bad right opinions in, right in one in one podcast. Uh, God. Thank you again, uh, Patrick, for, for being here. Thank you for, for writing into your, your question, uh, Connor in Toronto. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, find me on Twitter you? at Patrick Klubick. And I find me on Facebook at uh, P. Klubick. You can find Waypoint on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook, uh, Waypoint Vice, YouTube, Waypoint Vice. We're starting to upload more videos up there, so check that out. Patrick has a stream uh, of Let do, It Die up there now. I'm going to stream uh, that again stream. this week at some point. I'm going to play more Let It Die. Awesome. Nice. We have a uh, our stream of the Division Survival going up this week. Also, all sorts of stuff. Thank you to Tim, our, our engineer and producer. Uh, thank you to to Bowen for letting us use his track "Miss You" off of the EP Pale Machine. You can go to waypoint.zone/boen for more on that. And uh, tune in on Wednesdays. There's a special uh, episode with Steve Gaynor. Talk about Mafia Three. Steve Gaynor, who who is one of the designers on uh, uh, Gone Home and Tacoma. I'm going Mafia 3. He likes that game. I like that game. We're like, yeah, let's have a talk about that game. So so look for that. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we'll see you in the future. Peace. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save 